Welcome into Southland Supporters, a St. Louis City SC podcast brought to you by Postal Coffee Company and RPR Renovations. David Heck alongside Eric Cole. Eric, how are we this evening? Man, we're doing, we're, we're moving on up. We're moving on up. Moving up like the Jeffersons. Exactly, exactly. That's what we're going for. Well, it's uh, we're moving on up the west side. How about that instead of the east side, right? Ooh, because ooh, we're, like we're in the west and we continue to stay in first place, especially after a huge 2-1 to one victory over Minnesota on Saturday night. Yeah, man. It, early on, it wasn't feeling like that was going to end up being the outcome. But, you know, some changes, uh, a dicey second half and everything. And then, hey, we came out on the other end with the positive note and those three points. Yeah, I mean, look, tale of two halves for sure. Um, I, I don't know how many people out there were happy about what was trotted out lineup-wise. And we'll certainly get into it and, and break things down as we always do. Uh, obviously... The result is exactly what we were looking for. Not only getting a win, but really going a long way, I think, and ultimately clinching that top spot in the West. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the we expected rotation. We knew with the schedule and the cluster of games and really prioritizing kind of the LAFC game that we knew there'd be rotation. But, you know, we've touched on it before. It just seems like when Cardinal goes for rotation, he goes for heavy rotation. Yeah. I mean, eight players subbed out or switched out and everything like that. And there were just some some areas where it was just kind of like maybe let's not go over so overboard as we're kind of getting towards the end, especially of the season. We want to short things up, and I just feel like every time we do this heavily rotated squad, we end up having a struggle in the first half, and then we're looking for big subs in the second half to kind of help bail us out. And in the past, I feel like we've almost gotten too far behind to make up for that. Whereas here, luckily, those subs were a big change. But you know, I. I was more surprised to see, you know, like players like Thorson left out or even a Dinneran. I'm assuming that tells me that probably this game, Kansas City, they're probably definitely getting the nod there. Um, but, you know, overall, I feel like defense looked pretty good. It was just more in that midfield and offense where we were just really struggling that first half, especially. City stays in first place, improves to 53 points now, uh, which is the second most points of any team in all of MLS, just behind uh, Cincinnati. Um, with that, they got their 16th victory, which now ties LAFC's 2018 season for the best expansion record ever. I mean, as you were saying that, I, I don't know if you noticed, but like the smile just kept getting bigger on I my face. It. It's just incredible. I mean, just we were it's the hot the the way our expectations and just the the happiness that we've gotten as the season has gone along. I mean. First, it was, man, I can't believe we have a team, and I can't believe we've won. I can't believe we're five games, we're undefeated. I you know, can't believe we're in first. And now hearing stuff like that, and as we're getting towards the end of all these records that we could continue to break, I mean, it's just been truly amazing so far. You know what I thought was really cool about it? When you start to do a little bit of just researching different articles and that, and you know, seeing about, again, tying LAFC from 2018 for the most wins by any expansion club at, at 16, uh, having a chance now three games left in the season to get one more victory to become the all-time winningest expansion team, which is amazing. But I don't know if you came across this, but I, I saw the MLS.com article covering this because, you know, it's, it's all over local media, and you'll see it on ESPN and that, but the MLS.com article, uh, the, the headline of that article says, best ever, question mark. And that's Ooh, pretty cool. Yeah. Right? Like, that's getting um, major attention, not just from a national media outlet, but the league itself, which is which is great. And, I mean, it talks about, again, like, they very well might be the best expansion team ever, which, again, when you think about what this team was 
projected as at the beginning of the season by every expert out there. Uh, it's it's definitely um, a, a, a tip to the cap, tip of the cap, uh, you know, to the the powers that be that have run this thing and everybody that's been playing so well all season long. And it's like this marathon is about to come to an end. This marathon of a regular season, we've got a whole yeah, other yeah. season, you know, coming with with the playoffs and everything. But now this marathon of a regular season is is about to come to an end. And just what a way to go out to be able to 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 look at this and say, hey, we got a chance to win the West. We've got a chance to beat LAFC's record of, of 16 wins, and I think that should happen uh, with what you've got left on the schedule. We'll, we'll certainly talk about that, but just so remarkable and, and I think exciting for any City fan. It's it's a great time to, to be a fan of this club, and, and uh, I mean, looking forward to just the rest of the way this thing shakes out. Definitely, and I mean, it's so nice hearing that article and just hearing kind of the tune of the whole league change from where it was at the beginning of the year where – Uh, you know these wins were luck or you know we just kept getting gifted things to turning into realizing like hey you know luck may get you a few spots or you know wins here and there but it's not going to carry you throughout the season and kind of like we talked about I mean we've been top of that west for quite a few weeks now and you don't do that on luck I mean we've gone into some big games and some big teams and we've gotten results and uh, um, at big times so it's just nice you know as we're getting towards the end again, just getting that recognition and kind of that respect that we kind of hope we get. And then hopefully we really continue this going in. So there's no question mark after that best team ever. Just looking uh, around the league quick, uh, LAFC drew to Philadelphia zero zero. So LAFC only, only gains one point. L- uh, FC Dallas drew to Columbus. So they only grabbed a point. SKC beat Houston Dynamo. So they grabbed three, but Houston who's, you know, ahead of them and, and kind of securing a, a playoff spot at this point right there in the four spot they get zero real salt lake beat vancouver two to one san jose drew to nashville one to one portland beat colorado three to two austin drew to la galaxy three to three so not a lot of movement and what that did by winning and this goes back to what we've said the last few weeks now you have a chance to bury some of these teams so instead of coming out of this with zero points or one point on the road you got three now and the second place team only gained one so when you think about it and you look down the schedule a little bit you're trying to figure out how far could st louis potentially fall if everything just fell apart and i mean at this point like you're 10 points ahead of the number four spot. I mean, you're in a really good spot. Um, I, to me, it's like if winning the West, I, I mean, I don't want to get ahead of myself here, but it's looking even more and more like a reality with every game this team plays now. Yeah, I think somebody put it out that if we win against Kansas City this weekend, that it would force LAFC and Seattle to win out to even have a chance at go. the West. So, I mean, like we've and talked Seattle about. Seattle has to play City still. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, so you're, I mean, at home, at home. All right. And so to me, what better way, though, to really kind of almost not shore it up, but really put ourselves in the best position possible than with good old Kansas City oh, coming yeah. to town in City Park and, you know, just hopefully taking it to them and showing them why we are top of the West and, you know, they're wherever they're at. But yeah, I mean, it just seems like here towards later half of the season, especially getting down to it, you know, a lot of these teams who are up towards the top, it's it's kind of become almost a you have to pay attention to these scores because some of these bigger teams are dropping points more than we kind of anticipated. I mean, us included in that conversation. Sure. So it's kind of been a, a wild 
finish to this, you know, second half of the Western Conference. Because, like, you look over at the East, and that's not the case. The East right. is, I mean, I think it's like the top five teams are already clinched. And at this point, we are still the only team in the West that's clinched because it's so hit or miss with, you know, the teams at the top. And then the gap is so close. I mean, there can be so much movement that happens here. So every time we can gain that little bit more and just worry about ourselves and keep just doing what we do and shoring this thing up, I mean – it's so much more it's so important down this stretch and so for us to be this close now we can't job's not done no it's not it's not huge win on saturday night as we mentioned uh and not just for the standing itself but to get revenge right a 1-0 defeat to minnesota back in april at city park yeah so to be able to go up there you've already lost to this team once at home on a penalty on a penalty <laughs> and this has been kind of our our bugaboo now for however long but to be able to go up there to minnesota and get a win is is huge um look you had hebert bell yarrow Norwitzki, blom vasilov pompeu ostrock stroud and jokini the lone forward up top so again you mentioned the heavy rotation that's a much different lineup than what we've seen lately yeah um you know a couple surprises in there i think you know it just it just seems like when we go to this rotation it we're we're still giving starts to some players that just really haven't been clicking here as of late you know um and and you saw that with kind of some early subs in that second half you know it just didn't didn't really feel like stroud ever got going and he just kind of looked dejected at points which was kind of you know a bummer to see out there silly fouls and just kind of not really getting as involved in the play as we'd like. And same with Ostrock. I mean, it just seems like there's a lot of promise behind him, but he's just struggling to kind of get in there. He has moments of brilliance, and we've seen that with the goals that he scored throughout the year. But it just doesn't seem like he fits that role as well, kind of providing into the striker. And with Giacchini, we've seen him majority of the season kind of run that loan up top. It was just a little surprising to me coming off a resting game that maybe him and Sam – could yeah. get in there and work together or even Thorson that was one of the exciting things about bringing him in is he's not just a left winger he can play the attacking central mid role as well as a forward like he's kind of mm -hmm. a universal attacking threat so not seeing him get the start was a little surprising to me as well considering he's kind of been more in favor here lately and uh, it just felt like that first half a lot of sloppy passes a lot of giveaways and as far as that attacking third just really nothing clicking for us yeah, you mentioned Ostrak, and I want to highlight him in a, in a little bit here because I, I did think he he did some some pretty special stuff in the first half. Again, not a great first half of soccer altogether, um, but I do think that that he had one of those moments of brilliance, and and we'll we'll get into it here in just a bit. A ton of rain in this game. I mm -hmm. mean, just seemed like it poured most of it. Um, I didn't play a lot in, in rain, Eric. Uh, I played baseball, as as you know, and probably some of the folks that have been listening to this podcast for a long time, and we don't really play in that type of weather very often. What is it like being out there with it pouring? I mean, did you like playing in the rain? I think some players might like to, but, I mean, what challenges? Obviously, it's a slippery track and everything, but, like, I mean, it seemed like guys were having a hard time getting their footing kind of this entire game, which led to some of these opportunities that Minnesota had in the first half. Yeah. My wife actually asked me the same question. Cause she was like, are they going to pause it for rain? I was like, we don't pause for rain, no. baby, just lightning. But it, you know, as far as like a, a, it depends on how well the field holds, because if it holds water and you start getting like puddles on here, that's where you got to really be worrisome because you could hit a nice 
heavy pass and it hits a, a standing bottle of water and that ball will die. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you could get caught easily on the counter and stuff like that. So as long as the wa- the field can absorb the water, it's not as bad. You look at like pregame at City Park, they, they water the field pretty heavily. And for that reason, you want the ball kind of skipping on your passes and right. not getting held up there. So it didn't look like um, there was any like water being held on the field to affect passes or anything like that. So that didn't seem to be too bad. And then obviously the other area is like footing. Right. And so what you'll see players do is they'll wear what's called soft ground studs, a little bit longer and kind of metal tips to help dig into the ground a little bit more. Um, Also a lot more painful when you catch them on a slide (laughs) tackle. But um, I mean, it did still look like that even I'm assuming majority of those players were probably wearing those studs were still kind of having trouble with footing. So, I mean, as far as footing and cutting, that's where you kind of want to make sure you get it. But it, you don't notice it as far as like running in the rain. Right. I mean, if anything, I know it wasn't, I don't think the temperature was too bad. So it's not like it was freezing and raining. Cause you know, that obviously sucks more for communication. Like if you can't feel your lips and you're trying to yell across yeah, the field, that yeah. can be a bit of a challenge, but I, it didn't look like as far as affecting the game, what you might see more with rainy days like that is just more shots taken. Just kind of that ball skipping can be struggling for the keeper so they'll tell you put some on frame because then also his gloves are wet so he may not try and catch it as much you might try and pop it out a little bit more so you, spoiler spoiler alert on oh that i didn't even realize i was born <laughs> i'm like yeah but yeah exactly so it, it it's stuff like that that they'll tell you pre-game get a few shots in there see how the keeper handles it and stuff but other than that i think it did look like it did calm down a little at least at some yeah. point and then picked up later so i don't think that was a factor in the game I get asked all the time where the best place is to watch City games, and the answer is always the same. It's Felix's Pizza Pub, and it's not even close. Not only can you watch every single home-and-away City game surrounded by fans, but you can do it while enjoying the best pizza in the area. Now, I like the Murphy Pie, which is chicken, wing sauce, green onions, blue cheese, and jalapeno ranch. But maybe that's not your thing. Maybe you're more of a fan of a traditional pizza. Then check out the Dogtown with Italian sausage, pepperoni, and pepper bacon. Or maybe you're like my partner Eric over here and you like a little bit of both. It doesn't matter what your tastes are because you can order any of the pizzas at Felix's by the slice. But it is no ordinary slice. Felix's offers the largest slice you are going to find anywhere in St. Louis. So mix and match. Try different pizzas. Just make sure to save room for their award-winning Double Trashed Wings in Buffalo, Jalapeno Ranch, or Thai Chili. And if you're looking for something to do during the week, head to Felix's every Tuesday night for stoned trivia to test your knowledge in the most fun bar trivia around. Even if you're not a trivia buff, you can still win great prizes, so show up at 7 and be ready to have some fun. It's Felix's Pizza Pub, located at 6401 Clayton Avenue in Dogtown, and check them out online at Felix's Dogtown. A couple of early saves for Berkey. He had one in the fourth and one in the seventh. The fourth was on a shot by Jung Sang Bin. And then after that, a shot by Timu Puki, which was hit with a little bit more pace, but not a great angle at it. Both of them, uh, you know, not much in it. Berkey, fairly easy saves. He had four total on the game. What did you think of his performance? Yeah, I think he was good. I was I was really worried with how much uh, Sang Bin and Puki were kind of just how much they were getting on the ball and how much yeah. space they were finding it just that I was mean, the concerning part the space yeah it was lucky you know a couple of their shots were wide or just straight at him kind of deal because they were put they put themselves in very dangerous positions um i think there was one cross that pookie put into some bin but it was 
slightly behind and he hits it over. I mean, if he leads him a little bit more, that should be an easy tap in. So, you know, again, Berkey, he handles, he handles himself and he kind of, uh, you know, I think he kept that, that back line that really hasn't, I don't think the, that four com, uh, combo of those four have been used this year. And that's where, you know, you need a leader like Berkey to kind of help come in and kind of keep them under control, keep them in their positions that they need to be in. He's, he's the one who sees everything developing first. So I think his job more that night was kind of a leader role more than we needed as far as like big saves, although he did have some big saves. Yeah, he, I mean, he did. And, and again, a couple later on uh, as well. Um, that, the 24th minute is one that I want to highlight because that's the one that really stood out to me as Ostrak. I mean, I thought he, he did a pretty nice job on this. I don't remember who played the long ball in on this one, but uh, yeah. but it was, a, I mean, just hit really well, you know, upfield. Up and Ostrak had settled it uh, initially. And when he did settle it, he held it up really well. And then, I mean, it seemed like he held it forever. And then all of a sudden you kind of see Celio just kind of creep in out of nowhere there uh, and then laid it off to Celio. And, and Celio, like, hesitated just briefly maybe and, and didn't get the best shot on that. That looked like it definitely probably should have been a goal, I feel like, maybe getting a better strike on it from Celio. But I thought the play that Ostrak made on that was great, ultimately resulting in a rebound. He did take the volley, Ostrak did and sent it well into the crowd. But just being able to set that play up and watching it develop, I, I thought that was a little bit of a sign of life by this, you know, not your maybe A squad that was out there. Yeah, and especially at that moment, we were kind of uh, receiving majority of the brunt of chances rather than kind of being the ones providing them. And so, yeah, he brings it in, and it was actually a, a very clever with the vision and everything. It's a little back heel that leads Celio in. And then it looks like he gets the ball just stuck under his feet, which means you're kind of reaching back to try and get it. So you're not going to get full force. So he takes an extra touch, which actually when he takes the touch, it brings him into more space. He's right about where the, at the PK spot dead yeah, center. Yeah. And then it just looks like he hits it right at St. Clair rather than picking a corner. And I don't know if that hesitation with the ball, getting him under the foot, he doesn't kind of, he just, thinks I got to get this off quicker. So the first touch he gets, he maybe doesn't plant as well or pick a corner or know kind of where he is in correlation with the goal at that point. But man, when he hit that right at the goalie and then that, that chance was kind of squandered, you kind of had this feeling like, Oh man, that's kind of the first real big chance that we've had at right. this moment. Like I hope the way things are going that we somehow that's kind of a momentum builder and we build on it and kind of go from there. But it just, it just didn't seem to click that first half. No, I mean, it didn't. There was one other chance. I mean, Stroud had an opportunity about the 39th minute, but just wasn't much on that. Another pretty easy save for St. Clair. And fortunately, I think from the way the pressure and, and really the way the game was going at this point, to be able to get out of halftime or go into halftime, I should say, uh, tied 0-0, I feel like that's kind of a moral victory in itself. Yeah, I think really, I mean, outside of that chance that Celio had in the first half, the only other kind of – St. Louis positive note, I guess I could say, was the announcers at one point. I think it was like around the 18th or something like that. But they were describing St. Louis and coming into it, and they described it as the gateway to hell. Ooh. And it just kind of like it, it clicked like, ooh, I kind of yeah. like that. And I think Lutz touched on that at the beginning of the year, that when teams come that. in and they see the arch, he wants that feeling of the gateway to hell. So just hearing them, again, say it and kind of acknowledge that what City Park has become – I was just kind of like that brought a little smile to my face. There. Anyone that's done a game, and, and I mean this is this is 
my fault for not looking and seeing who was in the booth uh, Saturday night. But um, anybody that's done a game like in City Park, any of the the broadcast team, they they rave about it because when you look around the league, and it's not a knock on any of the other fans out there. Um, or maybe it is. I don't know. But it's it just <laughs> it, it just seems different here. There's other places that they do a really good job, and there's other places that make a lot of noise, and there's other places that you know that that really get into it and, and pack the place. But I'm, I'm I mean I've yet to see an entire stadium stand for 90 minutes. Yeah. I'm yet to really hear the the noise, especially on away games. You start to hear like the city fans start to pipe up in, you know, in some of these away games over the broadcast. I, 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 and I watch, you know, a decent amount of MLS games and certainly all the city ones that, that I'm watching on television and I just don't see it. So I think that we've become spoiled by it a little bit. The players probably become spoiled by it a little bit, which is great too, because they got to be thinking like, man, I, I'm super happy that I'm here playing for this, for this team instead of somewhere else. But the announcers, I think, are really taking notice, and it seems like it because we seem to get praised as fans just about every game. Yeah, I think what it is to me is almost like we're the complete package at City Park, whereas other fa- other stadiums, maybe they fill it out, but they're just not as rowdy as us. Or, you know, they have a great supporter section, but outside of that, the rest of the stadium just kind of falls short. Or, you know, we touched on other stadiums where just on camera, they just don't look as good. Right. Or they're not consistent throughout the year where it's like oh when they play this team they did all right but when they played this team the stadium did we don't care if it's Colorado we don't care if it's high school team like city they show up at city park and we've seen that with city too we've seen that with you know us here at for the first team I think that's what really sets apart St. Louis as well as city park as a whole is just we check all the boxes and I think that's what the announcers are truly noticing week in and week out well again zero zero heading into the second half unfortunately uh, things turned pretty quick in the 46th minute what would a city match be without a, a little bit of controversy right <laughs> uh, and this was where I started to, to notice I feel like it had to do with with the weather a, a bit because you even talked about you know potentially allowing a little bit of spillage um, which is what happened in this situation a guy who's so sure-handed Berkey uh, who who doesn't catch the ball that wasn't hit with a lot of pace that was right to him and uh, unfortunately you know falls kind of right out of his hands uh, onto or near the foot of of Dotson and when Berkey sort of fell down to grab the ball it looked like he sort of wrapped his maybe right arm around Dotson just briefly might have been enough contact to slow him up a little bit a penalty was awarded and uh, and then all of a sudden now you're you're down one zero. I'm curious as to your thoughts on the penalty. What could have gone differently if you agreed with it? You know what Berkey could have potentially done, and just like maybe unpacking that whole situation. Yeah, unfortunately, I do think it was a penalty just because I mean, arms clearly wrapped all the way around the body. Maybe he gets a little side shirt tug or something. You know, behind that. You know, maybe isn't picked up or something is subtle. But I don't. Yeah, it was it was so wild that we. I mean, luckily we don't see this no, ever. You it doesn't know, just, happen. And I just don't know if because it was it was the ball was coming toward like right at his chest. So I mean, it was easy grab height. I don't know if it did slip because of the 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 rain. I don't know if maybe he was trying to get on a fast break because they were so pushed forward that maybe you know how like sometimes they say in football like when a receiver drops it, it's because he was thinking about the run after before right. the catch. Yeah. I don't know if maybe that was a case where he's. He's seeing a run possibility, and so he's already trying to move, but he doesn't quite have the ball yet because it just 
it was just so i mean it took me a second to be like did he did he just drop that? That's and, and, he, so and he's. I mean, that's a great point because he's a he's a good offensive presence. I mean, he, he plays outlet passes as well as anybody. Exactly, as quick as anybody. Yeah, and so he is constantly looking to see, hey, how can I get this ball back into the the attacking threat? And especially when we've kind of been taking, you know, majority of the the playing on the defensive structure, that's where we want to catch him is on that counterattack. So maybe I don't know. Uh, yeah, and then the ball just gets around him. And the only thing that I don't know is has he not stopped Dodson? Are we still in a position because he would have had a tough angle to still? I mean, he would have had an open goal, but maybe you know we still get the blockage there. Maybe you know that's not necessary, but yeah, he reaches back. Um, obviously, both arms kind of almost looked around him, so there there was no real. I know they said Berkey was kind of you know debating it, but I mean, when you look back, it's kind of like yeah. And nowadays, and you know, any player feels any sort of tug in the box, they're looking for that penalty. And I think Dotson's like a midfielder or a, a defender, so he's not like their primary goal scorer anyway. So yeah. he's just thinking like, this is the best chance we yeah, have is me course. going down. And then unfortunately, Pookie, you know, he had a career over in England, very successful goal scorer, steps up. Berkey guesses the right way. Yeah, you know, he gets he a little piece tip of it. on it. Yeah, he got it, a piece of it. It just looked like he was just slightly behind as far as reaction to go. And hey. These are so difficult. We we touched on this a couple episodes ago. You looked up the percentage and it was like eleven yeah, percent. They're not meant and to be. It, I mean, you're you're practically guess. I've never played goalie, but I'm, I mean, you're you're pretty much guessing the right. side. You probably have an idea of what side the the penalty taker likes to take. But even still, I mean, you're you're it's a split reaction, and if they hit it with any sort of pace and tuck it in the corner the way Pookie did, I mean, you're most likely not getting to it. So, unfortunately. Yeah, we go down one zero on a penalty, and you're just you're getting flashbacks. Here we right? are again. You're I like, mean, oh, it's, no. yeah, it's it's like it's like post traumatic stress disorder all, all over again. I texted South and Stan uh, about this during during the game itself, and uh, and I you know it, it was like expletive, expletive, expletive. <laughs> it's a terrible call, you know. And he texts back and like real level headed and like the soccer aficionado that he's become. He's like, I think it was the right call, and I'm like expletive at you as well like for saying that i was pretty fired up when it happened but yeah but you know, he returned the favor later yes was, he did yeah, man he was, like, was fired up he was, he was fired it. up oh my goodness um that was probably about eight or nine south and slushies in i yeah, feel like at that true, point you know. but uh but yeah i mean he he was he was right on it and i think that you know for me i was just a little bit frustrated by by how the thing went down so it's, it's interesting to get your your take on it i uh well, i didn't even ask where did you where did you watch the game at we just were at home. I yeah. was looking to go to Amsterdam or somewhere, but it was just one of those deals where I wasn't going to go sit by myself right. there. So I was like, oh, I you have other friends. I couldn't there. find any. Okay. I, they're, they're busy. They're you busy. Know? I, I we're at it. that stage now, kids and everything like that. If you ever, the fact that we can get together once a week know, is a miracle. Well, sometimes twice a week, twice last week. I know. No, it's unreal. My thing is, is like whenever I have free time, sometimes I just want to sit on the couch. And that's what I did Saturday night because I initially thought that I was going to be busy and then plans fell through. And uh, and I was like, you know what? I think I just want to sit here and watch the game. I think it was one night where I just wanted to not hear like my daughter playing a tambourine in my ear while I have another daughter, <laughs> you know, crying every once in a while because she's hungry. So I was just thinking maybe I'll actually hear the TV yeah. if I go to a loud bar. Yeah, yeah. I, talk, I talked to my wife and she's like, I, I just want to sit on the couch. And I'm like, me, me too. Let's let's make it happen. Um, are you ready for some subs, Eric? I think I'm, I think we're ready for some subs. I think we were all ready for some subs about at that point. Fifty yeah. eighth minute, some subs came in, three subs at once, which doesn't happen all the time. Uh, but you started to see some familiar faces: Az, Klaus, and Leuven. And from this point on, 
it was like a totally different game. Imagine you're Minnesota, though, and you're thinking, I think we got them. And then you see those three oh, stepping up to the center line. And it's just like, oh, it had, these, it, these know, guys, I it, forgot about them. It kind of had that feel for us a little bit. Like when I was watching it, I, when you see the camera show the players that are standing there and like the level of swag those three guys had oh, when they were coming in, I was just like, man, they're going to do something. It was almost like if like back in high school, like you'd have somebody who plays both JV and varsity and then JV's like getting killed and those varsity players came down right. and they're like, all right. And you're like, oh God. Yeah, that's a varsity. good, I was trying to think of an analogy, but that's a, that's a really good point. Um, you know, like I mentioned, once those three guys came in, obviously we know the result. We weren't trying to bury the lead. I mean, two to one, the final score, but like it was chance after chance after chance, the rest of this game pretty much dominated by, by city. And I mean, it, it almost happened immediately. It was just an absolute beautiful goal. I think the announcer called it a Brazilian beauty on a header by Klaus, but the way that this thing developed, Norwitzki played a beautiful ball and i had to go back and watch it because i was like there's no i mean that had to have been leuven that played that it well, was that on the broadcast they kept saying it was celio too so that's confusing just as much i but know yeah. but what a ball he played in and klaus i mean getting up and, and and getting elevated the way he did and just fearlessly flying through the air it was just perfect that that goal looked amazing to me the most impressive part about this while it was a beautiful ball from you know Norwitzki Lubin finds him and plays him into space and everything like that but if you go back and watch watch when Norwitzki picks picks this ball up where Klaus is he's about 25 30 yards out and he just in his mind with you know that vision of his knows where he needs to be and then Norwitzki plays it with just enough loft but yet just enough pace coming in that it's like two worlds colliding at the same moment and then with Klaus getting that running start and flying that's where he's able to get up and uh get over the defender but not only that head it with such pace that it does beat St. Clair because you know he goes kind of closer to him rather than the other side so it was just a beautiful run from Klaus to see that vision to get into that space but for Nowitzki to put it right there and man once once we got that it it really I think that's when South and Stan's explicitives really started picking up on the text and you were just like yeah you just had this feeling of like all right, like this, like, all right, here we go. Like, let's quit messing around. It just felt like the giveaways were, the silly giveaways were stopping. It just felt like Nico was getting a little bit more involved because he wasn't as much in the first. It just felt like things were kind of clicking a little bit better from there. Yeah, I had this feeling whenever I I did send that text to South and Stan that that him and South and Pam were, were drinking about south you know again like nine south end slushies probably the, the pina colada variety hanging out in the hot tub got the game on in the background and he's just like let's win this explicit of explicit <laughs> you know and i'm like oh my goodness dude like yeah, yeah he was he was on one at that point and he was fired up like and and i think that was the attitude the players had as well because I, from there like i said from there on out i mean i just had a really good feel even before the goal i just felt really confident about it more confident than you would typically feel being being down one zero, um, but regardless, like after that goal, it was it was just uh, at that point I'm thinking the same. I'm like, yeah, we're, we we got to come away with with three here. I think the big reason though that after that goal, like we were so like fired up, was kind of like we talked about going. In, this is one of the games we need. Like this is you know a struggling Minnesota side. I think they said they hadn't won there in like seven games or at home or something like that. Like we were sitting there going, we should not be one zero down to this no. team, and we should not be, you know defending this hard against this team this team is making us i know they're at home but man like 
we have the talent. We should be showing them why we're number one in the West. So when we got that goal, it was just kind of like the, yes, let's go. We need this. We need three points. None of this ties anymore. Like we need to widen that gap. We need to just see this thing out. And so there, that was to me, the, the feeling that I had was, it was just kind of like, let's go, let's go. No stop. With the goal, it was eighth, the eighth goal of the season for Klaus, and that comes in just 12 starts. His his goals per 90 is .65. I don't believe I'm wrong on this, uh, but certainly fact-check me all, all anybody wants because there's a good chance I screw this up. But I believe it's second in the league in goals per 90 behind Yakimakis. Um, the way that – and he's got like a .87. He's off the charts right now because he hasn't played a lot either, and he has 15 goals. But uh, but Klaus though again with with eight goals and twelve starts like that's pretty pretty wild. It's just it's it's good knowing just that when he does come in the game like like we said Minnesota has to be thinking like man he's he's dangerous at all times on the head with the foot which we just we'll see in just a minute. I mean he's he brings so much and creative wise. I mean so seeing him come in especially you just has to be there's so many dimensions that he brings to a game that especially when you're maybe feeling tired or you haven't capitalized against a team and then you see him coming in, you just kind of feel like, oh, man, maybe we squandered those opportunities. So he's just been unreal for us this year. Hey, if you're a coffee lover like me, then you've got to try some of the best local coffee there is from Postal Coffee. Will over at Postal Coffee is super passionate about his roasting process, and it really shows in every bag. Every small batch is made to order from small visited sustainable farms, so you really get that great flavor and get that care in every order. Also, 20% of all profit goes to veteran suicide prevention. So not only are you getting a great tasting product, but you're supporting a great cause as well. And if you use the code SOUTHEND at checkout, you'll receive 15% off your entire first order. Nothing goes better to start your day than a new episode of South End Supporters and a cup of Postal Coffee. So check them out on their Instagram at Postal Coffee Co. and check out their website at PostalCoffeeCo.com. Yeah, talk about that strike. I mean, uh, shortly after, right, you had that Blom interception. And, I mean, Blom's a guy who's been so great defensively all, all season long. And one of these days, the offense is going to catch up, too, I would imagine. I'd but, imagine sometime. But, yeah. but, my goodness, the defense has been so good from, from Blom and uh, making that interception and, and then finding Klaus. I mean, it was like the way that Blom was able to play on the ball, man of the match, in team of the match day played really really well super deserving of it for sure uh even without any offensive presence you know again the defense was just exceptional i think once again but to be able to steal this and find klaus man klaus let it go from a mile away and it was an absolute just pill but unfortunately right at st Clair. yeah i mean if he if he gets this anywhere a little bit farther i mean that thing is buried i mean he definitely got all laces on that one you could tell he hit that thing flush and Sinclair, the only thing he could do was try and knock that anywhere but in his own goal. That thing was hit, and the announcers were even like, man, I kind of feel bad for him after like <laughs> taking that one. And that's why I say all along, if you're playing goalie, you are just a psychopath because yeah. imagine like that thing coming at you, and it's not just going I'm mar- straight. I'm, I'm married to one, by yeah, the way. Yeah. yeah, she's a psychopath. Yeah. And so, just kidding, Sarah. But like that thing's not just coming straight. It's knuckling at you as it's coming. And the way he hit it, I mean – Wow. He got all of that one for sure. It was beautiful, man. And again, like at that point, you're just thinking there's going to be another one coming. There's going to be another one coming. The, the chances are are coming and the right personnel is on the field at, at the right time here. The momentum had shifted tremendously at this point. And then 73rd minute. 
And I mean, you could not be happier for Jabul Oblam with just an absolute beauty. The, the goal itself to make it two to one was great. The cross by AZ. And this is what I like so much about this is that, you know, the, the goal itself was created by the press. Lubin was involved in this. Mm-hmm. AZ was involved in this. Klaus had already scored a goal and had a great opportunity. So these three subs that Carnell makes come in and have just a, ma- a major impact really in like less than 15, 20 minutes' time. But then Blom being able to score this thing at the top of the box, awesome. Oh, man. I mean, yeah, the effort from AZ, I think – way at the beginning it was off the counter but he he kind of is in a battle about midfield and ends up kind of over you know positioning the the defender and get wins the ball and then Leuven just on a full sprint is just able enough to clip the ball just far enough to where AZ on this trailing run comes in and picks it up and then he finds Blom at the top of the box and Blom had a hit earlier that you know in the game that too it looked like he got a hold of it but it was deflected over and all year I think I think the only way, as you just said, that you couldn't be happier is if he did it at City Park. Because all year at City Park, we've just wanted to see Blom get this goal, and because he's he's taken a couple chances here and there, and we just we just love Blom. So it would be so rewarding to see him get one. He ends up pulling it back, defender overcommits, he pulls it onto his favorite right, and then just finesses this thing beautifully into top bins. I mean, and then. Not only the goal was phenomenal, and it's up for goal of the match day, and we'll touch a little bit on that as well a little bit later, but not only was it a beautiful goal, but I think some of my favorite part of this whole thing was just the way the team celebrated with Blom. Every single person, from the subs to everybody on there, had the biggest smile on their face, not just because we go up 2-1 at that point, but because it's him. He's been putting in these shifts over and over, and to see him just get rewarded in some way with a little bit of statistics on the thing, like you said, he was in team in the match day, and there's been plenty of performances where I feel like he could have been in there with the job he did. But like we've touched on a lot of times, they're looking for kind of statistics to help get you in there. So to see him get that and get that recognition, I love the way that Leuven, who those two have kind of been partners there in the mid uh, middle of the field, he picks them up and just gives them the biggest hug. All the players just with the biggest surprises. And Blom even had like a funny quote after the game talking about like how his, his – uh, teammates were so happy for him he said honestly I was so surprised to see the reactions usually in training I hit those off the bar over into the street so I think they were just a little shocked that it went in and I just love that he's got this like he's so humble and quiet but he's got this little sense of humor as well that I love and man he put in a shift that night I mean he did start from the get-go so those three subs really made a difference but we wouldn't have been in that game he City put out a highlight reel for his performance that night and you're thinking it's just going to be the goal but I mean there were 10 or so either tackles, interceptions, something in that game that he just put in uh, a masterclass performance. I mean, that's what I'm saying is like the goal just really highlighted it, and he deserved it. He earned it because we have seen him take that same shot <laughs> several times, and it just hasn't. It is in the street. And it, that, yeah, it and is, man. from City like, Park, too. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's just, you know, it's probably knocked over a few beers, I would say, in that south end. And, I mean – First, not only first goal for City, first goal in the MLS. They said first goal in his career. Really? And yeah, first goal in his career. Oh, and that's I incredible. mean, and a game winner. Well, and the way he did it. I mean, yeah. if I was him, I'd never shoot again. Just right. be like I got one goal, and this is it. <laughs> yeah, that was, it was phenomenal. A, it was a beauty. The whole way that thing developed was was great. Um, but you know, again, the the way that he had played defense, like the goal was just icing on the cake. He had played amazing all all game as he's done all season long. Um, so, I mean, great to see Blom do that. And, I, I mean, again, I, I've said this before on this podcast, but I, I met the guy once, and 
could not have been nicer. Just a just an absolute joy to be around. So um, really, really cool to see that. And I'm sure South Africa was was buzzing as they they probably still are. Um, the only other thing I think worth that that I wanted to touch on was like how close things got at the end of this. That oh, 95th man. minute, like right as the game was ending. Um, just a wild scene sort of developed there. Like, talk about that a little bit and how how puckered up were you at this point? Oh, I mean, like ever one for me, like a one goal lead, just the the minutes just seemed to be going so much slower. And it just felt like kinda after we got that goal, it just kinda felt like, you know, they sensed the urgency and they kinda picked it up and, you know, you just kinda felt these on a cold, wet night. You just don't want to see, you know, a cheap goal get in, like I was saying, kind of you know, a deflected goal here or just a skip ball, you know, hits off defenders in a uh, crowded uh, cross in. And that's kind of what we were seeing. You know, these crosses were coming in and ba- balls were kind of bouncing all over the place. And even at the end, like the one just I mean, there was a shot that went far post. Um, Dotson hit one left footed yeah. and it just I mean, uh, the camera angle made it look a lot closer. The announcers didn't seem as concerned with it. But to me, I was I was very concerned yeah. with it. And then, yeah, just crosses coming in and just narrowly missing wide and you know even uh, there was times where we'd try to clear it out and it would hit off our own player and you're just thinking don't give up you know a silly own goal but man finally we hear that final whistle and you just felt this like huge relief come over just because again these we knew we needed this game and the last thing we wanted to see is a, another late mi- fifth uh 15 minutes or less yeah. Away goal. I know it's easy to say, and it's it's probably maybe a little prisoner of the moment because it just happened. But I personally, for me, I think this was the biggest win of the year. Like I, I think that it's the way there. that the way that it went down, the fact that you, I mean, you you gotta beat them. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna be taken serious, I feel like as a as a true playoff contender, you have to go and beat the number ten, number eleven team in the conference. Um, who you're just flat out better than, and the fact that they had already had a win on you at at your place earlier in the season back in April, um, you, you got to have it. And man, the adversity that they overcame, and then you know bringing the subs in, the way that everything went down for me, for my money, it was it was my favorite my favorite win of the season, I think, and I think the the biggest one. And and when this is all said and done, if we can go ahead and and, and grab three points Saturday night. I think we're going to be looking back on this as like that was such a massive opportunity to to come away with that. Yeah, there's a couple games like that, but I definitely agree with you that this is one of them. Um, somebody put out something that I really I kind of liked seeing, and it was it kind of it did feel that way. You know, somebody put out that all year Berkey has been saving us from our mistakes, mm. and this is one of the few wow. times that we saved him from That's his good. mistake. That's and good. I I really I you know not that hey that mistake you know at the end of the day was you know little it's not like it was right. a whole game where he had a terrible game it was just a one-time deal but you look back at all year like we touched on how many of those ties would have been losses or even wins that we eked out without him you know wouldn't have been a win we said it seemed like some of the tightest games or some of the closest games that we finished this season you look back and Berkey has so many saves so it was nice that he doesn't have to go home and think oh man that little mistake ended up costing us points. So I was so glad to see, you know, these second half subs, these second half saviors come in and just kind of help us get those three points and kind of, you know, again, job's not done. We, you know, just cause we qualify or locked up a playoff spot, we still got to be looking to get that home field advantage. And we still just got to be looking to 
give ourselves the best option in that first round. This is our first time in the playoffs. We don't know how some of these players will react to playoff atmospheres and all that type of stuff. Why not set yourself up with this first round with your best scenario possible and really give yourselves a a good chance to make as best of a run as you can in these playoffs? City improves to its 16th win uh, with now five draws and 10 losses. Minnesota drops to 9, 10, and 11. They fall to 11th place. Uh, Sporting KC, as we mentioned, and who we'll see on Saturday night, got a win, so they got three points. Now leapfrog Minnesota. Minnesota in 11th. Sporting KC moves up into 10th place. And Eric, the stage is set as they return to City Park on Saturday night. Yes, but they will be returning without one of their biggest playmakers. Oh, oh, do tell, do tell. Yeah, in their their game, uh, Johnny Russell, they're kind of right winger who really kind of he gave us a hard time last game picked up a straight red so he will not be traveling with the team so even more of a reason that nothing other than three points and a dominant three points I want a dominant three points at home is going to be acceptable and I really hope that with this heavily rotated squad that we come out and Carnell looks at these last three games as we got to finish the job and I mean why not really try and make a statement against your rivals who you know are going to be talking all week and I'm going to be trying to find all these things so I can save these receipts so we can make sure and talk about them but I I, I want to see a strong lineup I want to see you know let's see a dinner back in there running mm-hmm. this pace I'd love to see Klaus in you know I'm sure Leuven will be back in um with that rotation I want to see you know just because they're still out of the playoff picture and everything like that that doesn't mean we we take it light. We got to get these three points. Oh, there! I mean, there's a really good chance that that we end up potentially playing them in the first round of the playoffs. That's I mean, a great point. <laughs> That's a great point. They're they're they have thirty they have thirty eight points and and currently thirty nine points is the play in game at, at Dallas. So I mean, they're I mean they are right there. Uh, and they've oh, now they have played thirty one games. So Dallas actually has only played twenty nine. So they got two games at hand. But San Jose has forty one points. Vancouver. 41 points Portland 42 points KC could definitely get into this thing still uh it would be awesome to sort of play spoiler for them and 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 you know almost put a a a real dagger in their heart to not allow them uh to make that run into postseason play yeah I mean what better way to kind of keep out the noisy neighbors and then shutting the door shut but um I mean even them it doesn't matter who it is you know we're so close. We can't just let right. up now. And that's honestly a great point is, you know, I know Carnell, somebody asked them after the LAFC game, they said, were you, you holding anything back? Cause you didn't want to show your hand because you may see this team down the playoffs. And I love that. He was just like, absolutely not. He's like, I, we're not, we're not in the playoffs yet. You know, I take every game as it is. He wasn't even, he said, I wasn't even holding anything back from, you know, the next game on the weekend or whatever it is. I love that. He has that mentality of, hey, we're just going game at a time. And I think that's why we are staying so humble and things are working is we're not getting ahead of ourselves. We're not getting too caught up in the hype or anything like that. We're just taking this a game at a time. And that next game just so happens to be Sporting KC at home. And man, I know City Park is going to be electric. It'll be electric. And I would imagine they'll travel well too. There'll they'll be some, not as not as good as we traveled, but there will be a handful of uh, of Kansas City supporters. We saw it last year. They took up a couple of sections at the top. So it'll be loud. It'll be a, a, a wild atmosphere. I didn't make the LAFC game, but I know that South End Stan mentioned that it felt like a playoff game. You said it felt like a playoff game. I'll be at this one. I would imagine that it'll be even more electric than it than it has been. Um, I got to play the, the, the game. Guess those odds, Eric, in, in going into this thing. Who, who do you think's favored at, at, at City Park? 
I mean, I'm writing a letter if, you know, we're not favored in this one. We are, but it's close, Eric. Is it? It's close. It's way closer than I thought, and I am loving it. I think that <laughs> this is a great opportunity to make a little bit of money. Um, City's a plus 110, so they are getting plus odds at home against the number 10 team in the West who we beat, what was the score last time, 4 to one maybe four nothing at four home nothing and then two one yeah. against them but so kansas city's like a plus 205 um but city's plus 110 so you have an opportunity to get them at plus odds i really like that i would have a, i mean i'm gonna have a hard time like not betting like a small percentage of my mortgage i feel like <laughs> at, at that point on, on this one i, I mean I, my only logic is they just think that you know with us locking up the playoff that we'll continue to rotate these squads and kind of take it easy as we go. It's also surprising knowing that they know Russell's going to be out and that's what they're having. Yeah. I mean, I know it was Polito who got us last game, but I think if we can, you know, put back in a strong, solid, uh, defensive structure, I mean, like I said, we, the last game, I think the, the defense still played really well. So it doesn't matter really who we put back there. I think we can do a better job, handle them a little bit better this time and at home. I think a big key is going to make sure we take them out of the game early. I would love, we got to get an early goal or just have early momentum going our way so we can take them out of the game and let city park kind of really get in their heads. Cause we know that place is going to be loud booing on every touch. And especially like we said, I'm sure there's going to be another video or another something that comes out that just seems to fire us up as it has the first two times well i can guarantee you eric it will be a sellout at city park not like a fake sellout which is what it seems like uh, skc's been been calling their sellouts this whole time and man did we strike a nerve with some of those fans in the last Ooh, time I, yeah. I said and, and i think they'll probably be listening again because i mean that's what they that's what they do they like to listen they like to troll they kind of like hang out on the fan pages with city and and then make their uh you know comments or, or whatever so we, we welcome them but uh look and this this is nothing against these individual fans that want to get all up in arms about it, but when I look at the attendance numbers for Children's Mercy Park, they are not at full capacity for most of those games. You can call it whatever you want to call it, but if you're not at full capacity, I don't call that a sellout, Eric. I agree. I think we when we talked about it when um, a certain someone kind of came at us. Yeah. I don't even remember who it was, but uh, we had a couple. Yeah, there was quite a few. And hey, I hope you're listening still because we appreciate it. But yeah, to me, they their whole claim was, um, well, this is all the tickets that are allotted to us. And yeah. I said, well, that would be like the Battlehawks saying they sold out the Edward Jones Dome right. just because they sold out the bottom right. ring. I wouldn't I never cons would consider it a true Sell out. Not a true sell I think, and the fact that we proved it when we went there, right? You opened up all these extra tickets. So it, it, why aren't the if you guys are so, you know, selling out and you shouldn't have any worry? Why aren't those open right. year round? Because I know there are a ton of city fans who would hope that they could bring lawn chairs sure. to get into City Park as long as it meant they were there. When you look at City Park and you go through their their attendance, you know, you see 22425 whatever that number is, right? right? And it really doesn't change. That's that's the number. That's the amount of people that have come in to to the the paid tickets for that game. And like you said to that point, whenever you saw the the City game at Children's Mercy Park in in Kansas, uh, you notice that the number was a little bit higher than what they've generated in the past. And the 
the only reason for that would be is that that was a true sellout and the other games weren't like so i don't know what you, you know i don't i don't get it other than that so maybe one of these uh one of these kc fans can can educate me on it but to me it if you're not getting max capacity then you're not selling out <laughs> I'm in agreement. That, that's it, man. That's, that's all I have to say about that's it. That's what I feel. Um, uh, the only other thing I wanted to touch on here here today, and maybe you've got some other things too, but we did mention Blom and uh, what he's been able to accomplish defensively, but also up for the goal of the match day. Um, this is important, I think, to get out there and, and vote. Yeah, and uh, especially after this uh, on the Twitter today, um, a certain I don't know a certain person from I'm a, it has to be from the Cincinnati fan page because Acosta was up for goal of the match day as well. Um, put out a couple tweets. Uh, one of them was attention all you FC Cincinnati fans. You absolutely cannot let this scumbag from St. Louis win. This is a call to action. Vote, retweet, tag all of your FCC friends on the post and tell them to vote. Do it now. Do it for your captain, which he followed up. Not too long after that with another tweet that said, want a signal boost to help this Lucho Acosta defeat St. Louis. We all win when St. Louis loses. And, man, like, I don't think there's ever been a time where I've seen uh, one of St. Louis City players up for goal of the match. And my first thought was, I have to attack all the other people that are in there. And then of all people... Blom, you're gonna call Blom right. a scumbag. He like we touched on here. He's been this quiet, humble guy who just goes out there and does work. He's not overly flashy or anything like that. And it was just like, where are you getting this scumbag from? And shout out to you know all the St. Louis City faithful, the All for City crew. I mean, everybody jumped in there and defended him. And even people that weren't have no allegiance to either team kind of were like, what What does this have to anything to do with the goal? It was just a real weird thing. So yeah, if you have a Twitter. Make sure you're going to the MLS uh, Twitter account and getting in that vote. I think it's up for like two days. So I think there was like a day and 17 hours when I last looked. So make sure you're getting in there. I think he's already got a, a good lead, as we expect with City fans. But if you haven't, go put in that vote just to really let them know that, you know, we're here for our scumbag. Yeah, I mean, that's an unbelievable thing to say about about somebody. I think that there's a... I I don't. It's not just a soccer thing, I guess. But there are certain fans that are just, just dorks. I, I I mean, I don't even know what else to say about it. Just like you're. I mean, you had to have gotten picked on like a whole lot growing up, and you know, you're a keyboard warrior at this point, and you're kind of hiding behind the cloak of anonymity. And this is what you want to do with with your time. Like again, that that has to be from somebody that probably spent like half their high school shoved in lockers i would i would think um i don't know why i mean i have no idea what what else but i would hate to like have to interact with that human being like i feel like that's a personality trait that like that tough guy internet troll mentality like that's a personality trait that i don't want to be around so like what's the what's the name of that twitter oh man uh, Queen City War Pigs. So here's the other Queen. This Queen City thing, and I don't understand. And 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 maybe again, like Cincinnati's probably gonna get pissed about this. Charlotte's the Queen City. Like I've always thought Charlotte was the Queen oh, City. Really? I mean, Charlotte's always been the Queen City. Like I may maybe Cincinnati's also a Queen City. I don't know, but like Charlotte's the Queen. So like that's just a kind of an odd nickname. I feel like as well. But um, the Queen City War Pigs. Queen City War Pigs called this guy a scumbag. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd love to hear from whoever runs that Twitter page and, and maybe we can have them on. We, I'd love to have them on the podcast. Yeah. Maybe one day we'll just have an away fan 
podcast episode where I'd all these that. people that send us random stuff that they're not <laughs> happy with we'll just have a nice little uh, chat with all of them and just just laugh. I, I want. I mean, I'm off. I'm to the point where the Queen City, the the Queen City scumbags, the Queen City war pigs, or whatever they're called. <laughs> I I want to bring them on and just have like a little therapy session with them. It's like what what's got you so well, upset? I buddy? mean, yeah. I mean, is it is just is it just a kid thing that we're the new shiny toy and nobody likes this? I mean, Cincinnati not too long ago was you know one of the newest expansion teams. And yeah. Maybe they're just mad because their first season didn't go as well. So <sighs> yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't I don't know where you uh, it's just weird to me that rather than focusing on your player, your logic is and none of the other players. I didn't see any other tweets about any of the other nominees. So clearly he he could see that there was a little bit of favoritism towards us. And obviously the voting was going that way. But it's just weird to me to ever attack another goal as far as the, that personality. Not like, a, yeah, not attacking would, the goal, it's attacking the person. Well, it's, it's like, <laughs> it would also be like, and it still doesn't make sense to me, but like if Blom had like a reputation or was known for something terrible that he right. did off the field. But like like we've said, he's the nicest guy. I know. I mean, I love his interviews uh, post-game because he's just so humble and he, you could tell like in that goal ce- celebration, he was just so happy and down to yeah. earth with it. And so, yeah, that was a weird one. Well, I, t- I tell you what, anybody that knows who runs that that Twitter page, the Queen City War Pigs guy, I'd like to have him on. I'd, I'd love to bring him in. And, and like I said, just ask him some questions and, and try and get to the bottom of, like, who this person is and, and, and why the hostility. Because, like, look, life's too short to be that aggressive and angry about somebody that I guarantee you probably have never met and, yeah. uh, and probably didn't even – to be honest with you, know who he was until recently. So uh, exactly. it's 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 pretty unbelievable. But uh, any anyway, Eric, what what else you got? Uh, just another little uh, kind of I don't know rumor. I guess you could say is you know with our success again, like we talked about kind of last week, there comes some you know outside interest, whether we like it or not. And it looks like Lutz is even getting scouted a little bit uh, no. from two Saudi clubs. Are rumored as well as West Ham and Nottingham Forest are kind of monitoring how he's you know how well he's done with this and they like they what they see as far as how he's brought teams in and everything like that but luckily for us it said Lutz fan and steel is understood to be happy and focused on this st louis project despite lucrative overtures which totally makes sense i mean i don't think this has been a long-term plan for him as far as building a team and the success the fact that we've found success so early i think is kind of a you know just a positive to him so i think he has a vision with this I think he wants to continue to build on this. I think he's already assembled something that he truly likes and he kind of has a good say with it. So I can't really see this going anywhere, at least not at the moment. Maybe if this continues and down the road, he feels like he's put this into good hands and he can see another opportunity down the road. Who knows? But I think as as of right now, I think I think we're all right. Well, I mean, I hope so, because that would be not maybe as bad as losing a player, but like not not a whole lot worse. I feel like which well, has been so so key in, in orchestrating this whole thing. Well, and it's so weird that you know he's somebody we know. I mean, you don't really know too many backroom players or uh, people besides coach and owners right. and stuff like that. So clearly, St. Louis loves him, and we love what he's done, and we like his philosophies and just how he goes and picks out players. No. No egos, no nothing like that, and it's successful. So I think it, it would, it would. Plus, he's just a cool guy. I know. So and I he love, seems to love it here. I love when he does like German. He calls German games and stuff like that, and he has a little St. Louis pin on his uh, oh, nice. jacket and stuff like that. It's it's super cool. So yeah, I I can't see these rumors going anywhere anytime soon. 
Eric, where can people follow us on socials? Uh, at Instagram, we're South End Supporters. Our Twitter is capital S-E-S underscore podcast S-T-L. And then make sure you follow us on our Facebook page so you see when episodes go up, as well as all exciting news coming out with South End Supporters. Another episode in the books. Thank you so much to RPR Renovations and Postal Coffee for sponsoring the show. Please use code SOUTHEND at postalcoffee.com to get 15% off your first order. Thanks so much for listening. For Eric Cole, this is David Heck. You've been listening to South End Supporters. We'll see you next week and until then let's go city